Hey gang! Scooby-Doo's or Scooby-Don'ts is funded by Patreon. Join for early access to special bonus episodes and exclusive material, including the upcoming Scooby-Doo Book Club. Joining is the best way that you can be a part of shaping the material we produce, and we are super thankful to everyone who contributes. Thank you to David Green, Kyle Michaud, Katie Maxwell, Jordan Ferguson, Pablo Corden, Matthew Bang, Blake Sawyer, Ashley Martinez, Dan Reed, Gabriel Pesek, Toj, Jade Core, Wynn Richport, Samuel Chesser, Bradford N. Smith, Page on Gaming, and Alicia Harper for funding this episode. Welcome to Scooby-Doo's or Scooby-Don'ts. The original podcast that painstakingly goes through all Scooby-Doo media in search of those to Scooby-Doo absolutely or Scooby-Don't under any circumstance. I'm your host, Billy. And I'm your host, Amelia. And we're watching Saga of the Swamp Beast. Now, obviously, Alan Moore's seminal comic series, Saga of the Swamp Thing, is in play here. But how do you think it feels with the Grant Morrison run? Do you think that that has had an important interplay on the, uh, the genre form? The only Swamp Thing I've ever read has been in conjunction with John Constantine, mm -hmm. and Swamp Thing does not like John Constantine, but I love John Constantine, so yeah. Swamp Thing can suck a fat one! <laughs> well, you see, that's tough, and that there are different creators of Swamp Thing. How do you feel about the Swamp Thing that's, like, super chill with Poison Ivy? Because they're super chill with each other. Well, they're both connected to the green. They are. Green, green, growing stuff that you and I call plants. What happens in this episode, Amelia? Uh, apparently there are some plants. Yeah. And a swamp thing. We're in, the, we're in the swamp, and you know what happens when we're in the swamp. Jim Cummings shows up. Oh my god. As the one <laughs> swamp-dwelling man. The word you're looking for is Cajun. <laughs> yeah, it actually is. I literally couldn't remember, so thank you. I have him written down in minor mentions. As Jim Cummings. I don't even want to know this character's name. It is Jim Cummings doing his Cajun character, and I am disgusted to see him once again. There was a time we would have loved to see him. That was before the rape allegations. Before, before the times, and that really has hurt any enjoyment from a Jim Cummings character. But I'm even going to say, apart from that... We've seen this character before. We've heard this voice over and over yes. again. In What's New, Scooby-Doo, there was a Cajun tour guide in a bus that was Jim Cummings. Yeah. And here in Be Cool, there is a tour guide on an airboat that is Jim Cummings. Now, is that... The only difference being the vehicle in which he chooses to get around New Orleans. That's not even talking about Zombie Island, which is where my mind immediately went. Oh my god, yeah, he was on <laughs> a fucking ferry! I totally forgot he's always driving something! That's what I'm saying! When you go to New Orleans in Scooby-Doo, for some reason, the only thing they can think of is to have Jim Cummings come and do that one voice. Ferry people around! <laughs> so that was my entire at-first glance. Well... 
I had one question in the at first glance. Do hot peppers grow like that? On like a tangled vine? <laughs> in the middle of a swamp, yeah. It's not the swamp that perturbs me. It's the way it was drawn. I'm pretty sure peppers like that grow on bushes. Bushes. But this was like, it was, it was like, it was like the mix of a grape vine and a cranberry farm. Because, you, you know, cranberries don't actually grow in water. They just flood it because that makes it easier for, uh, A, harvesting. Yeah. B, becoming covered in spiders. Because the spiders don't like being in the water, so they will climb up you as the harvester. What? You, you haven't heard that? No, apparently what? it's a thing. Yeah. <laughs> when you're I don't remember this in the Dirty Jobs episode where he harvests cranberries. I've heard it other places that like they're harvesting cranberries and they tell the new people, watch out for the spiders because there are a lot of spiders who are going to like try and climb up you to survive. I've never heard this. Cranberry fields are filled with spiders and that is a fact I know. The premise. <laughs> The gang visits a bayou near New Orleans, where a swamp monster is frightening away anyone who comes into his swamp. Can they solve the case? Or will Chomps the alligator catch the culprit first? That almost reads as a threat. <laughs> a little bit. It's like, will the mist will Mystery Inc. catch the criminal? Or will he die? But, but this Chomps character, we'll talk about him in minor mentions. Yes. But he is simply a rival detective. <laughs> for Mystery Incorporated. Sure, that's what you want to call Chomps. Well, because I'm going to go right here to the Fred factor, because Fred's entire plot in this episode is to prove that he's a better detective than a cross-eyed alligator. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't care for it. Other Freds, better Freds, would have worked in perfect harmony with Chomps mm. from the get-go. See, I didn't necessarily have a problem with it being competitive in that regard, but it is the how you do this plot. It was almost a petulant competitiveness here. Like, it is a genuine feud. He ends up wrestling that gator for a clue. A better Fred would tip his hat to Chomps for getting that clue and go off to find his own. Just... Cast your mind if Chomps had appeared somewhere in Mystery Incorporated. Yeah. That Fred would have been so fucking supportive oh, he of Chomps. You know what? He, he would have been, been excited. Like, Fuck yeah, Chomps, you get him! It's <laughs> like, what, yeah. He would have been so into it. He would have bowed down to this alligator. Of course the of alligator friends. wants to solve mysteries. Who doesn't? Exactly. He, he sees that as the pinnacle of what you can do with your life. He tries to bite that alligator. He does. That is not something I would recommend. Fred, 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 how no. far you've fallen. Because <laughs> you used to be stupid, Fred, but you weren't he so was, like, stupid as to try to bite a gator. Yeah, there is a line to it. He was like dad stupid before. He was, you know, just <laughs> like a little bit dim, a little bit like, aw, shucks, Fred. It's, it's an innocence. Here, it's just like, no, what? He does have the one sort of classic Fred moment, and I don't know if this was necessarily him, but I put it on him when they get in the airboat, and he makes sure everyone wears life jackets. That is a standards and practices moment, <laughs> not a Fred moment. Perhaps. But I was trying to think, I don't think in the intro, when we saw uh, 
Bayou Pierre and his crew in the airboat, I wasn't sure if they were wearing the, the life jackets. Or if that was only for Fred. <laughs> He's a very bad swimmer. How come Velma had no qualms getting into this water? <sighs> it's an inconsistency. And it's a problem when they've, they've actually been very consistent with things like this so far. But you're right, Velma is not afraid to get in the water here. Just like Fred wasn't afraid of wits when he got on the wing of a plane. Goddamn. Yeah. They've, they've slipped a little bit in that department. There is a scene with Fred that I feel like I really want to like. I would like it in a different series where Fred says that giving up might be the same thing. But it's not our thing. And if this group was a cohesive unit, that would have landed. Yeah, if this group, you know, liked each other's friends. Or like, if, if this was centered. If, it, you know, if the wackiness came from, yeah, they're gonna do the crazy shit to solve the mystery. But a lot of the times, it seems like they're doing the crazy shit in spite of solving the mystery. <laughs> Like, that's them dicking around for 15 minutes, and then they unmask somebody by chance. So I, I like the sentiment there. I like the giving up might be the same thing, but it's not our thing. Um, reorient towards that, and you might have my heart. Reorienting towards spraying hot sauce with a fire hose, and you might not. First of all, that man worked long and hard to create that hot sauce. <laughs> And you are wasting it at an alarming rate. Well, he got them free in a swamp, the peppers, so. Yeah. Really, it just comes down to mooshing them. Do, it. <laughs> do whatever you need to do to make hot sauce. Is that how hot sauce is made? Mooshing them? <laughs> Possibly. I Maybe like it's that. like a wine situation. Ooh, that'd be, that's classy. I could get your wine press out, crank that handle, but you're actually, it's all smooshing peppers. <laughs> Hot pepper wine. That would be terrible. <laughs> oh, pour a nice glass of wine and it's spicy? I don't... Well? I don't, I don't even have to say anything. Billy will change his own mind into a positive reaction if he shows a negative reaction. Because I'm thinking of like a... What's it? Like a, um, a, bl a Bloody Mary or a Mott's Clamato? Are either of those spicy? I feel like they, those could be spicy drinks. Yeah, Bloody Marys can be spicy. You can put a little hot sauce in that. Put Tabasco in it. But not wine. Wine is different. Wine is different than a Bloody Mary. I'm sorry. <laughs> this whole string of thought was uncalled for. Speaking of uncalled for, the Daphne Dilemma. What's she, her stupid bullshit this week? Uh, she has become a, a vampire a creature of the bayou. Of the night. A bayou vampire. Uh, this this is. She read one Anne Rice novel, and now she's the fucking worst. I was gonna say she just watched True Blood. Yeah, there you that, go. That probably comes in the same place. I do love that Daphne is always associated with vampires. Any member of the gang. All right, who gets to hook up with a vampire today? It's Daphne. Daphne is front and center in any vampire-related episode. And I love it. I, I it's, it's just this weird continuity through all of Scooby-Doo. I would argue that in what's new Scooby-Doo, she wanted to be center stage to the vampire, but 
kept being pushed aside because the Hex Girls were there. Right. Well, so even still. the Hex Girls are more important than Daphne. <laughs> it's just that like, you never see Fred in the Vampire. Of anyone in Mystery Incorporated, it's always Daphne with the gravitas. In the... Is it the Goblin King movie where they're at a fair and they go behind the, the cut-in, the standee, with the monsters? I think Fred stands in front of the vampire one. So there. Mm. <laughs> I don't know that for certain. You've possibly bested me with knowledge if that's true. <laughs> But yeah, this is this is the Daphne du jour that we see is that she is acting as a vampire. I did, for some reason, enjoy the gag where she has two straws on her fountain drink. <laughs> that is if she's drinking through her fangs. Yeah, the fangs are really, there's no suction in the fangs, y'all. It's about piercing the yeah. skin to get the blood into your mouth. I know a lot of like those sexy vampire shows show just the nice sleek like teeth into it. But that's just like the sexy bite. You don't see afterwards when they're like... <laughs> Terrible. Terrible mouth sounds. Absolutely awful. Get out of here, Jonathan Winters. We don't want your kind here. I'm so sorry, Amelia. He got in again. I must have left the window open. She does call forth a swarm of bats to attack the gang. And seems delightedly surprised when it actually works. Yeah. Is it Velma that then comments like, no, I think they were scared by something, but what? And we postulated, maybe being shouted at by a yeah. crazy woman in a boat startled the bats. If I was to stand up in a boat and yell bats, I would think some wildlife around me would, <laughs> would fly. To, oh, let me get away from this crazy predator. She also has another uh, bring everyone back around moment, you know, bring everybody together when she talks about as a vampire, uh, what everyone hungers for. And for Velma, it's knowledge. For Shaggy and Scooby, it is literal food. And for Fred, it is the solution to a mystery. Again, can't, can't really fault that. Uh, really? Because she's dressed as a fucking vampire. She is dressed she as a it, vampire. And then she ends it with like, and I hunger for blood. That might be the fault right there. <laughs> you might be correct. Uh, Shaggy and Scooby, boy, they love that New Orleans food with hot sauce. Are All in capitals on my notes. Are we really just going to redo the Zombie Island spicy pepper bit? Even right down to the drinking of swamp water because of the spiciness. Yeah. Are they, we really gonna do that? They're loving their spicy foods, Amelia. I know that New Orleans... New Orleans? ...is famous for that spice, you know? But yeah. there's other things you can say well, <laughs> while you're in New Orleans. You don't have to immediately bring an idea... From a better Scooby-Doo property into it and make me draw these comparisons. It only lowers your ranking, be cool. Amelia, that's like saying you can go to New Orleans and not have it be Mardi Gras. If media has taught me anything, it's that it is Mardi Gras in New Orleans 24-7. Gee, Lent only happens once a year, so I don't know what, why the fuck Mardi Gras happens all the time. Mardi Gras is not a family-friendly activity, y'all. Tits everywhere! Get the Scooby Gang out of there. This is children's media. Do you think 
there was a Hurricane Katrina in the Scooby-Doo universe. Because well, then- we never see that side of New Orleans. We never see them trying to rebuild. You have to postulate, have there been any in real life disasters in the Scooby-Doo universe? I would also say they obviously are going to hang out in the French Quarter. Yeah. And that was the part of New Orleans that didn't flood because Ah. the French saw that this part of the city was high ground and that's where they built their I will not build over there. There's lots of water. That might flood. Yeah. More or less. Probably in French, not just with a French accent. I'm saying this for you, the poor. Which is probably, that makes sense why rebuilding has been so hard there, because it is, you know, also an economic burden. But Shaggy and Scooby, they do the escalating hot sauce thing. So they start with a very mild hot sauce, and they move up. And I gotta say, they are animating Shaggy, really reacting to these hot sauces. Because you first see, like, a bit of of tear in his eye, and then his hair, like, flop downs with sweat. Shaggy can't take his hot sauce as well as he used to. Well, this is apparently the hottest hot sauce in the world. Yeah. Just like Zombie Island, Moonscar Island grew the hottest peppers in Uh, Louisiana. Those were Moonscar peppers. This is the Grim Re-Pepper. Grim Re-Pepper. So, yeah, they, they... Eat a lot of hot peppers, and they run out into the swamp to cool themselves off, and oh no! And obviously, the swamp beast does come. They decide to get out of it by playing When the Saints Come Marching In! The only song you're allowed to play in New Orleans! It's Mardi Gras! Saints are coming in, it's playing on the radio, and you're eating your hot peppers! And Jim Cummings is there. I think it it is possibly more an issue of the fact that we watch a lot of the real Ghostbusters, and that is just one of their five tracks they play behind any of the episodes. (laughs) Specifically, that one episode where they end up in Louisiana, and there's an old-timey jazz musician ghost trying to, you know, send... Time hurtling back to the 1920s so he can be at his A-game again. Yeah. And it's always the Saints go marching in, he's playing on his trumpet. And then, you know, the Ghostbusters, they gotta go in and they gotta defeat it with the only (laughs) thing more primal and powerful than jazz. Rock and roll! But not real rock and roll, because we do not have that available in our sound library. I love, by the time, they like... Because they're back in time in, like, the 20s when they start. And then time periods start flicking forward as they, like, overpower the jazz magic. Yeah. And I love when they get to the 80s. And Winston has got a saxophone and a mohawk. And I'm like, this is not right. Very little direction to that art crew. Anyways. Anyways, uh, they also do a a classic gag. Shaggy and Scooby-Doo are each at one end of a log. And it looks like they have one long body. I'm shocked you didn't start yelling dryad. No, so the dryad, dryad the dryad like... was short. So yeah, this but is it very had tall. A log body. You don't know how tall dryads can grow. You are correct. I'm just talking about the one dryad I know. The Joker. And speaking of jokers, let's go to the Velma vision. <laughs> she can't handle spicy food. No. Why am I not surprised? Or at least it seems, like, she says she can't. 
But there's a point later on where they all need to try this hottest hot sauce ever made. She doesn't even flinch. Oh my god, she explained it 30 seconds later. Yeah. She just didn't eat the hot sauce. She's smart. She just flipped that toothpick around. But at first I was like, ooh, you are a badass. I kind of liked that. That Velma could take her spice a lot more than Shaggy and Scooby. And then maybe you could explain it like maybe she has dead taste buds or something. And, you know, <laughs> that would make it that she doesn't enjoy food, but... <laughs> taste buds degrade over time. Mm -hmm. You can kill your taste buds with hot sauce, man. Like, Ooh, that would have been a good, like, story. Like, flashback to Velma's hot sauce days. Yeah. Before she met the gang. Before she cleaned herself up. <laughs> she went on a spicy chicken wing bender. And she's just never been the same since. Yeah. But, I mean, what what happens is later on, Velma does have a bit of the actual hot sauce, and she just uh, flies off into infinity, not to be seen for the rest of the episode. She's, she's gone. <laughs> Except not really, because that would be... Yeah, it's a chase sequence. She kind of comes back without any consequences. Because then Be Cool would be down to... Uh, Crazy Daphne, who I hate, Dickhead Fred, who I hate, and Shaggy and Scooby, who I've, like, hated since the 80s. So, so. We're, we're just sticking around for Velma right now, at, so girl. At this point, she is the least offensive out of all of them. Pick it up. As long as she doesn't say son ever again. Yeah. Who are our minor mentions? Is there anyone worth saving here? Um, Jim Cummings is here. Cajun Man owns a I, plantation house. So I did write down his name. He is uh, Bayou Pierre. Great. Jim Gotta put Bayou right there in the name. Jim Cummings owns a plantation and offers <laughs> swamp tours. There is also a more interesting character, Chomps the Alligator. He's the town's hero. He is, because he killed the gentleman bandit? Or just, he, they say he solved the case. I don't think that case was really solved. Stopped, more like. He stopped the gentleman bandit. This was, this was, the gentleman bandit was today's guy. He was the hero of the town before that. Was he the hero before she... that even? I thought that was why Chomps was a hero. No, he has been this town's hero for, I guess, the whole time that the town has existed. Okay, he's also a realtor. At one point, uh, Bayou Pierre has to sell his property, and Chomps Realty is handling it, so. Good. That's almost more impressive than catching a bad guy, is being a realtor, because I can buy that an alligator would stop a crook. I don't think they can do paperwork. Okay, then. Uh, only other thing to say for Chomps it's, is that it's just, it's the Simpsons gag. Yep. From the Florida episode. Very similar gag right there. Uh, we also see, I believe his name was Herman Hank? Hermit Hank? Hermit Hank. Hermit was his given name. His parents had foresight. This makes sense. He is a hunchbacked man who lives in a swamp shack. He likes Daphne because she's nuttier than him. And she makes everybody else... And he makes everybody actually do a hot sauce test to see whether they're worthy of his help. Which seems cruel when they're abandoned in a swamp. Oh, so like, 
he could be asking for a lot worse. True, He's true. got a beautiful young girl standing before yeah. him. He could have asked for sex in return for help, but instead it was, I'm going to dip a toothpick in I guess sauce. I just saw the asking for anything. Like, if it was me and someone was like, can you help us get back to land? I would be like, sure. Of course, no problem. But that's just me. Yes, well. And I don't have a successful hot sauce business, so what do I know? Mitch, the gas station attendant uh, from our first episode, is referenced here. Doesn't show up, but he's referenced because they find a ring from Kingston University. And remember those funny times when Mitch didn't get in. And there's Dwayne, the slow busboy that works at the plantation. Not a lot of con- He actually did get into Kingston University, because we learned that that ring is his. So, you know, maybe- don't judge a book by the cover. He was pretending to be slow, Billy. Oh, I thought I thought you meant he was just, like, s- slow as a busboy. No, I that meant, That he like, was just not very good as a busboy. Mentally, he's not the quickest bunny in the briar patch. He's still a functioning human, adult, but, you know. When Velma's like, is this your ring? And he hums and haws over it for a while. See, here's the thing. I didn't take that as slow. I took that as southern. Well, I, just, I just find that there ain't a lot worth rushing your way for down there. Enol. Alright, let's let's talk about the villain though. Let's talk about the titular swamp beast. With good old craggly twig hands. It's, it's it almost seems here, and correct me if I'm wrong, he seems like a swamp variant on the Gackling Green Ghost. He seems like a shadow phantom of the swamp. I didn't read that. I just read Swamp Monster. I guess cause it, he, he was green, and when I think of Swamp Thing, I think of, like, this built guy who's made of plants and vines. Whereas there was a lot more hanging off here. It was a lot more uh, billowy to this swamp beast. He only shows up at night. And there are a few scenes where we only see glimpses of him, especially when Shaggy and Scooby are hiding in the hedges. I really liked how we only saw glimpses of him there. We only saw what of him? Glimpses. (laughs) I'm having... You know that thing where I talk and I don't do it well? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, I I know that. It's kind of been how I've, I've been doing it lately. Yeah. Yeah, look, they're all in life jackets. Okay, I was wrong on the life jacket point then. That is 100% standards and practices. Who is the Swamp Beast? Dwayne. Dwayne the bus boy. And not only is he the Swamp Beast, he's the gentleman bandit. Because this episode does exactly what the Swamp Witch episode did in Scooby-Doo Where Are You? The gentleman bandit was driving an armored car swerved, sunk it, and is now trying to find the armored car in the swamp. Didn't the Swamp Witch do it on purpose, though? Oh, most likely. I think the Swamp Witch did it on purpose and then went back like ten years later and the Mm. Statute of Limitations had already run out on it, so could have just trolled that swamp without the witch get up. Right, whereas the gentleman bandit feels like he swerved this off the road like a week ago and he's like, ah, fuck, now I gotta dress as a swamp beast. Yeah. Not my first thought, probably, but... (laughs) 
Do you find this a feasible plan? What? How did we find- He's, he's literally just trying to winch a car out of yeah, a body of water. That's... Yes, that's feasible. I hope we said the same thing back in the Swamp Witch era. She was going around in her little boat doing her gondolier routine with a pole that had a metal tip on it. Mm. To tap the me- the armored car. Because she didn't know where it was. Yeah. Whereas the gentleman bandit knew exactly where it was and just and needed to get it up. literally just needed to winch it out of the swamp. So yeah, probably one of our most feasible plans ever. Is he scary? It's pretty damn bland if you ask me. But at least it didn't speak English, so I gave him a three. Yeah, I think if we had seen it more... In shadows and only in parts, it would have been a lot creepier. The fact that we saw the whole swamp beast at once and I was comparing it to another monster takes it down. I will give this swamp beast a 4 out of 10. Any other thoughts or feelings for this episode? Two, both regarding Louisiana as a setting. First one. The French Quarters of New Orleans is one of the most beautiful cityscapes in the world, and it is so bland here. Not done justice at all. You cannot just put some fucking beads on the Bourbon Street <laughs> sign and light up the windows to be different colors. No, you gotta do the flowers, you gotta do the French metal railings, the big open windows. It's so gorgeous. They literally it showed- sucks here. Two street signs that you knew exactly at which intersection you were. That that was their world building. My second one is, can you airboat in a Louisiana swamp? I don't think you can get an airboat in there. Airboats are like Florida wetlands where it's big and flat and open. And like a Louisiana swamp, you've got those trees mm-hmm. and it's crowded and claustrophobic. And I don't think you can get an airboat in there. I mean, I feel like... That would just be a wild thing to be inaccurate on, but, I mean, it's it's not like it's that's never happened in Scooby-Doo before. M- my notes are mostly to do with Mardi Gras and the brief time that we spend there during the chase sequence. First of all, that Shaggy and Scooby are on a parade float of themselves entitled A Celebration of Cowardice. Is this why they're in New Orleans? They make no mention of it or is, beforehand. Or is this just a complete coincidence? They, they, where was it? Like the Richie Rich era where they were card-holding cowards or yes, something I like think, that? Yes, I think it was separate from that era because I remember we were still happy. Maybe they're the face of that organization nowadays. Well, they climbed their way up. And the cowardice were just like, we're going to nominate our most loyal members... Scooby and Shaggy, we're going to build a float for them. They're the faces of the United States collection of cowards. I mean, I I think it's highly possible. My second note is that the Burger King makes a cameo in this episode. Oh, good. Now, he he (laughs) might have been the Mardi Gras King. But I want you to watch this episode and, and look at that part where you see the king and tell me that that is not the Burger King. From the era where the, he had the big porcelain head or whatever that was made. It probably wasn't porcelain. So heavy on the but, neck. <laughs> but yeah, I just, I had to chuckle because I saw the Burger King. Excellent. And I think that's all I have to say here. Well, then I'll say our next episode is called Be Cold, Scooby-Doo. That's actually a very clever play on the title. I can't fault it. 
I'm looking forward to winter wear. Have we seen winter wear here yet? Yes, yes. at Christmas. Christmas time. Okay, so now I will be looking for either consistency or variance. I will see if it was simply a holiday theme or if that is their best winter wear. We will spend the first 40 minutes of that episode speaking of their costumes. That, that is royal we, of course. Yes. I will leave the room until Billy is done speaking of the winter variant. I will start recording 40 minutes before you come home from work. <laughs> I promise not to do that. Listeners, <laughs> if you'd like to reach out to us, we can both be found on Twitter. I am at the Billy Seaguire. Amelia is at Fatal Amelia. And we can be found collectively at Scooby underscore Dews. You can find all our old episodes streaming on our WordPress, Tumblr, and YouTube page. Plus, every other podcast hosting area you can more than likely find us on. We have a Patreon campaign. We have Instagrams. Billy Seaguire, Fatal Amelia. Um, is that everything? Oh, my own personal YouTube page, at Fatal Amelia. Now I think that's everything. Yeah, and I am uh, making some baked spaghetti for dinner tonight. So we should wrap up recording. It's 3.42. I like to eat early. And on that note... Is this a Scooby-Doo or Oh, Scooby we should probably Doe? tell you that. It is a... Um... I think this is a Scooby-maybe. If I hesitate, it's a Scooby maybe because there is nothing here that totally offended me, but this won't end up being one of my favorites by the end of the, the episodes either. I feel the same way. It's it's like a true Scooby neutral. I am not pleased by it, but it doesn't make me want to slit my wrists in rage, so... Yeah, Scooby-Doo in New Orleans is very comfortable nowadays. It's, it's It knows what it's doing here. It's hard to mess it up. And on that note... That's it from Scooby-Doobie-S. To Scooby-Doobie-Doo! I'm just saying, if I start now, we could eat by four. Not even going to give the spaghetti time to cook, probably. <laughs> no, no, it's going to be a pretty stiff spaghetti. But with a little hot sauce on there? Mmm. I won't be having any. I don't like hot sauce.